Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week, we've got Matthew Harris back on the show to help us run through the government shared ownership scheme. All right. So, Matt, don't think we don't know what's going on here. You are slowly creeping and taking control of the show. Mike, are we comfortable with what's going on here? He is becoming a regular fixture on the... He's not even making it, uh, he's not even being subtle about it. It's Before we get on, he's like, camera stage left, you're right, I'm this, you're that. Green <laughs> M&Ms, it's just... <laughs> that right is out of control. Credit to you both for realising what's happening. You know, I just think we're getting smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, in, but in all seriousness, uh, since the last time we did a property episode, which maybe we did two weeks ago, there's been another bucket load of changes. So there's actually so many changes, we're not going to deal with them all in one episode. We're going to mainly talk about today uh, the government uh, partnering with first home buyers and collectively purchasing houses, if that's the right terminology, first home partners. Um, and Matt, as the king of property, the, um, the man of property, had to join us to give us his two cents on it. What are the changes? Will it make a big difference? So, Mike, maybe as a starting point, can you run us through what the announcement was? Yeah. So the government through Kaunga Ora uh, has announced that they'll be implementing, or they've run a trial, but they'll be rolling out a little bit further, uh, their shared ownership program, which is really where the government is looking to uh, help uh, Kiwis who have, want to buy a home, want to buy their first home to live in, uh, but probably don't quite have the deposit there. So they'll give up to 25% uh, of the deposit or $200,000, whatever is lower out of the two, uh, to help uh, first-home buyers get into that first home. Nice, okay. Matt, what are your, your initial thoughts on this? Look, I think uh, my initial thoughts were, uh, could the property environment in New Zealand get any more political or <laughs> any more crazy? Um, since then, though, I, I, I've had a bit of time to sort of go through what they're proposing. And I actually think there is some merit to this. Uh, I mean, to expand on what Mike said, uh, if effectively what the government is going to do is they, they're going to come, a, a, it's a shared ownership scheme. So they're going to provide up, up to 200000 or 25%. And they, it's not a loan. Uh, sorry, it's, it's, yeah, it's not a loan, it's equity. So what that means is they actually own part of that property with you. So whilst I think that um, that in itself could be problematic in terms of uh, rising house markets, uh, people's ability to pay back the government over time. So you've got a 15-year time frame to pay this loan back. Uh, and you can actually, there's a number of ways you can do it. Refinance the property, you can sell the property and, and pay back the capital amount. You can pay it in lump sums throughout the year, which I think is probably the better way of doing it. Uh, but I, I've got to balance my opinion on that with the fact that uh, the, the types of people that are probably going to require this loan uh, uh, haven't been able to save a deposit anyway. So I think that, you know, on one hand, I'm going, right, this is really great. We're going to help some people who probably are a candidate for lending. They've got good servicing. Uh, they've got a, a job, presumably. Mm. Uh, and But on the other hand, you know, they might be locked into this, this equity spiral where property prices increase uh, and the, the loan is, is effectively increasing along with the capital value of the property. 
Yeah, and I think that's really important to keep in mind here is there is no free lunch. Um, so although the headline of this may seem like a um, you know like it's it's uh, there's nothing to worry about or no hooks or anything like that. There are certain things that you need to be aware of when you're looking at this. So I'll just run through some of the eligib eligibility criteria quickly. Um, so much the same as uh, the first home grant and these sorts of things, there are some, um, some criteria you have to fit in. So you can't earn more than 130,000 per household. Um, it does need to be a first home buyer. Um, so you can't be doing this to your second, third property. You need to um, live in the property for at least three years after you've purchased it. So you can't rent it out straight away. Um, you need to have uh, good credit. Uh, I don't know how they've defined that, but they've just put in good credit. So I guess that's up to the banks to figure out. Uh, and you need at least a 5% deposit. Now that deposit can be savings or gift or KiwiSave or anything like that. The 15 years that you've got to pay out the, um, pay out the, the government shared ownership um, is the initial period. After that, what will happen is if you have not bought them out, they will charge you $2,250 per year plus gist as a fee until you do purchase them out. Once you get to 25 years, they will sell the property from underneath you. Hey, I thought you were going to say after 25 years, Jacinda Ardern moves in with you. What do we think Cindy's going to be doing in 25 years? Don't, don't, answer, don't answer that question. But, Wrong, um, answers hey. only. Wrong answers only. <laughs> hey, so I just want to add on that, sorry, uh, Jimmy, is... Uh, the other part of it, which is important to note, is that you actually have to meet with Kaiangaora every year to discuss how you're going to pay the loan back. And um, I think that's you know probably an administrative task and whether it gets pushed through in principle and actually occurs or not, we'll wait and see. But I don't know about you guys, but I probably wouldn't want to be meeting with the government uh, every year to do that. I definitely don't want to meet with the bank who give me the money anyway. <laughs> and one final thing, uh, which is worth mentioning, uh, along with what Mike said about the, the, the criteria uh, and the deposit part, is you can still actually access uh, the other government grants, like Home Start Grant, for example. And Mike, maybe you can explain um, a lot better, definitely can explain a lot better than me what those grants are. But so you can effectively take the government's money the government's money <laughs> and buy this house but what you are by default then is in bed with the government so i think you know, it's not going to be for everyone yeah yeah the mike mike if you if i can just uh jump in there like the the obvious question there as well and, and matt mentioned the first home grants the first home grants are one of those things where like oh that sounds great i can get all this money but then there's minimum house prices gap um caps and nobody's buying much for seven, under 700,000 in, in Auckland. Is this one where more people will be eligible? Yeah, so it will be. Um, look, the, those um, first home buyers grants or partners where they, they give you money and these sorts of things, they sound great on paper, but the caps and the eligibility criteria are prohibitively restrictive for most Kiwis. Um, and I guess maybe it's sort of that by design but actually what it ends up doing is almost no one qualifies for them um, and that is the income caps and then also the probably more so the regional house price caps you mentioned 700k in Auckland that's for new build properties 650 for existing mm. properties and it just keeps going down uh, mm. in other areas of the country so yeah it's it's not yeah a lot, a lot of people ask about them not very many people actually get them um, and, so, the, the, and the other thing there is as you as you start to become 
eligible for that grant, you start to fall out of bank lending criteria range. So it's this sweet spot that not many people sort of sit in. There aren't house price caps on the um, the shared ownership scheme. So that is, I guess, a positive of, positive of this. Um, but yeah, once again, it's going to come down to that uh, maximum income level and, and all those other sorts of things. On the lending side of things, this will be a positive uh, if you do qualify for it uh, in a way that you, will, you won't have a low equity margin on the, uh, on the property or on the lending, which means that you're going to be paying less than interest costs. Um, there's potentially less of a hurdle to get over for you to actually qualify for the lending because you won't have a low equity margin on the test rate. Um, so that will make it a little bit more affordable for, uh, for other people. But what I do want to point out there, and it's not that, um, uh, it's not that I'm looking for holes in the system, but it's that, you know, with my customers, I'm trying to, uh, it's my job to make sure that they, they uh, are advancing as much as they can and, and, and using debt and mortgages to, to do that. Um, the other thing just to remember here is that if you're in a shared home partnership with the government, they will put a cap on your lending. And they'll put a cap on your lending at every bank. And you'll need to um, sort of let them know how much borrowing you've got. Um, you, they do that on the shared ownership register and these sorts of things. So if you were to, if you were in one of these schemes and you wanted to purchase another property or something like that, um, it's, you would have to inform the government and they'd have to uh, give you the, the, the approval uh, to go and do that. So Mike, if you've got a 10% deposit and you're a first home buyer, and then obviously with a 10% deposit, you're paying the low equity margin, or you have the option of going, hey, I've got a 10% deposit, but I can team up with uh, Cindy and have not pay a 10%, like have a 20% deposit and not have to pay the low equity margin, mm. which uh, generally speaking, would you suggest is the better option? Not to do the shared home uh, government scheme. I, my um, advice there, generally speaking, would be to, pay the cost of doing business, do the low equity margin with the rate that house prices are increasing, it'll probably increase in the next couple of years to the point where you'll have 20% even without paying any of the loan down. Um, so you only got that pain for a couple of years. And the other thing is, you know, the that means you own the house. You know, you can do renovations to it without getting approval. You can paint a wall, you can do what you want. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of things that you can do. You're not gonna have to meet with the government every year. Um, you know, let's say you wanted to, you know, let's say something came along and you wanted to borrow more or do something outside of the um, outside of the house, you wouldn't need approval from the government to do that. Yeah, it's it's much like my advice of going in um, uh, when people ask us about investing with friends. If you can do it yourself, do it yourself. Uh, you don't want to be in with someone else. Mm, and and in addition, in addition to that, sorry, Matt. Um, in addition to that, Mike, I just want to check the maximum income band that hundred and thirty grand is that joint. That's for a couple. Yeah, okay. So maybe one's earning 60, one's earning 70. So there might be some limitations on the... How will that work in terms of... Uh, obviously, you might have the... Because I think for quite a few people who don't have access, they've got the servicing potentially, but don't have the deposit. These people will have the deposit, but they've got a cap in terms of their income. Will the serv servicing still still work with, with a lot of these people? Or I guess it's just case by case. It's just going to be case by case. Um, that's because there's no um, house price caps or anything like that. So, yeah, it, it'll be far more accessible than the other government grants, um, but it'll just be case by case on the affordability and that sort of thing. 
Yeah, and I think that you, the, the kind of people that are going to be accessing this are not going to be private candidates for lending, I would have thought. And uh, I agree with your comments 100%. If you can make it work out the government, uh, you, you have a, a far lower downstream cost because when you take that money from the government, you promise to pay it back uh, with a capital gain component added to it. Mm. Reduce your flexibility. Uh, and also, uh, something that we haven't mentioned is it only applies to new builds. So you can only purchase a new build property using the government's money, which makes sense following the narrative of this government, which is new builds to the moon. I think they might be an official <laughs> in their cabinet papers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that if you can, you, you would try and just uh, get a low equity loan and pay the low equity margin. And... As all things, uh, capital assets over time appreciate, you will be able to go back to the bank and remove that margin. Yeah. So, Matt, when we when we think about this, we've got uh, a supply problem already. Demand's pretty high. This has the potential on paper to increase demand. Do you think this is going to make any uh, material change? Yeah, I think it will increase uh, demand. I think that this government has clearly got a high appetite to increase the number of people in first homes and they are doing literally anything they can to do that uh, and so I expect that actually I think they've allocated something like 400 million in the initial phases I expect probably most of that will be taken up uh, and surely uh, if you just follow economic principles supply and demand that's going to increase demand uh, and that market the people that are demanding that first home market would uh, playing in the market before because they couldn't so surely the outcome is higher house prices yeah and i think it, it's probably just something to touch on quickly and i won't dive into this too much because this isn't an economics podcast but interventions in the market create distortions in the market and this will create more distortion in the market i think that every time the government pulls another lever pushes another button mashes the keyboard trying to get something to happen is going to create more distortion in the market and I think you'll, you'll, you will see that from this as well. Didn't realize you had the inside word on the, um, the cabinet meetings, Mike, with the <laughs> buttons. Well, it's, I, I, I was just thinking that feels like this what they've done in the New Zealand property market that's matched the keyboard a bit. Yeah, but, but it is, right? You're just you're seeing lever, lever, Spin the lever, wheel. lever. It's, you know, but if, if you, seriously, if you, if you look at this, it's increasing interest rates, um, uh, you know, putting in loan to, uh, you know, suggesting that banks should put in debt to income ratios it's things like this it's, it's there's a whole lot of things that have been pulled at the same time and unfortunately a lot of these things actually have quite a long lag effect on it so you're not going to mm -hmm. see the effect of these things for 12 months 24 months maybe 36 months till it actually hits the market and by that point unfortunately it's too late to push the lever back the other way so by pulling it by, by by pressing a lot of buttons or pulling levers all at the same time you're actually you're actually setting the market up for a, for a lot of distortion uh, or potentially for a, a, a bit of, a, maybe not a crash so much, but, a, you know, a, a bit of a shock. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, what they're trying to do is get first home buyers into the market. So this is a scheme, but fundamentally increasing demand, same supply is going to have one result, which is house prices increase, which means for future home buyers, it's going to be that much harder which which we already know is the case yeah okay so we, we might wrap it up there matthew thank you very much for joining us again i think this is one where uh we've still got the um the zoning changes to to tackle there's some changes around um high lvr lending which we'll have to talk about in a future episode again 
So don't worry, Chief, you'll get the call up again. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review on Apple, send through any questions you might have for future episodes, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thank you.